God did it for Abraham. He can do it for you. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. What did God do for Abraham? Well, hold that thought. How many of you saw the royal wedding yesterday? How many of the guys in here were just glued to the TV? Yeah. I mean, more, more than the Super Bowl. It was amazing, wasn't it? I was thinking yesterday, you know, it was really majestic. I saw just a portion of it. And, you know, you had Prince Charles, Prince William, Prince Harry, Queen Elizabeth. And then I thought, today we get to come into God's house and worship the king. The king. The king of kings. The king of all kings. And the Lord of all lords. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And I just want to commend you on how you're worshiping him these days. I just sometimes watch our church during worship while the praise team is singing. And I see hands lifted. I see hearts lifted. I just want to commend you. I just want to tell you, good job. Keep it up. The Father seeks such people to worship him. He wants and deserves that worship. And you're giving him that. And so he's pleased with you. You've, we haven't even got to the sermon yet, and you've already brought a smile to God's face. Isn't that wonderful? It's good to know that you're doing God's will, and you're pleasing him. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you about God's formula for success. In our church, there are a lot of people going through a lot of things right now. But I want us to focus just for a few minutes on this idea of success. And I want to give you something very practical this morning in the teaching. I want to give you some news you can use, okay? Something you can take home and you can say, I can use this in my life. I can use it in my home, my job, my neighborhood. And I want to start off with this statement, just a few statements. Number one, everyone seeks success. Would you agree with that? I've never met anyone that said they wanted to be a failure. Most people that I meet are struggling and striving toward what they want, their success. So everyone wants to know the secret to success. As a matter of fact, there was a book that came out some years back called The Secret. And it was, it was all about the, having an, an attraction mindset where, you know, if you've got to have the right thoughts, then you'll attract wealth to you and you'll attract good things to you, and you just have to have an attraction mentality. Everyone is seeking the formula for success in their life, whether that is success in career, whether that is success in their marriage or in a relationship. We want what we want. Isn't that true? And we go for it. What's the secret formula for success? Notice there's a few formulas up here. Some people say, well, it's aim plus hard work equals success. Some people say that's what success is. You know, that's the formula. A little hard work, knowing what you want, put those together, and you're successful. Other people say, no, no, it's more like this. Knowledge plus discipline equals success. Then, then there are other formulas like events 
plus your response equal results. That's another good self-help one that's out there, which makes sense, right? It's basically like saying there is such a thing called cause and effect. And I'm thinking, well, that was good because God invented cause and effect. God's the one that created the world so that when you do A, B happens. What do you think equals success? I like this, I like this formula, and I want to share this with you this morning. Change plus conflict equals growth. Change, conflict, growth. This is the spin cycle of success. You can't grow if you don't change, and you won't experience change without some conflict. This is very true. This is very practical this morning. Ed Young, who's a pastor in Texas, says the spin cycle of success, this is how you grow. This is how you mature. This is how you become who you want to become. You make a change. That change creates conflict. Out of the conflict, you grow. It's real simple. It's a small kind of simple formula. And I want us to look this morning. It's very similar to something God said to Abraham. God has a formula for your spiritual success today. I appreciate, Mark, what you said this morning about this week being stormy, both literally and metaphorically in our lives. Some of you are going through tremendous difficulties right now. And I hope that this encourages you this morning. I want to share this with the hope that it gives you encouragement, lifts you up. I want you to notice this verse. It's Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 2. God said to the people of Israel, look to Abraham your father, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Notice three verbs, three action verbs, called, blessed, increased. This is God's formula. Calling plus blessing equals increasing. Now, what I want to show you this morning is God's formula, his pattern in the scriptures that we see. Notice when you put these two things together, we have to the next slide. Ed Young said that change plus conflict equals growth. God said calling plus blessing equals increasing. When God calls you, he calls you to change. Did you know that? Now, I've said before that about the only person who likes change is a wet baby. That's, that Mark Twain said that. But when God calls us, he calls us to change. God doesn't call us to stay the same. And then, have you ever thought about the fact that the only way that you can change, the only way that you won't stay the same, is if you do something different? So God allows conflict in your life, not as a curse, but as a blessing? Yes, as a blessing. This conflict, this storm that you're in this week, did you see it as a blessing? Did you recognize God's hand in it in your life? What if God is blessing you, not punishing you? What if God is blessing you with this conflict? 
whether the conflict is what we've heard about this morning, a health issue, or whether the conflict is an interpersonal relationship issue. Whatever the conflict is, it's the only way we grow, really. And then what happens is you grow, and that's the increasing. So it's interesting to me that Ed Young's formula seems to be pretty biblical, because this is how God worked in Abraham's life. Now, I want to add something to this. You guys know this verse right here. This is 1 Corinthians 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and luck. Is that what it says? What does it say? Love, not luck, right? So our, our formula for success doesn't have anything to do with luck, right? It's faith, hope, and love. Now, now I want to show you something. God calls us to change by faith. Because when God calls you to change, you can't always make the changes on your own. When God calls you to change, he's calling you to grow in your faith. God blesses us with conflict. He lets you get in a storm. Because he wants you to learn how to live with hope. He wants you to learn how to live with hope. And then what he does is he increases you by expanding your growth and your capacity to love. Your ability to love other people. Your ability to love God. Your ability to love yourself. We start to see God's threefold formula for spiritual success. And now this verse in Matthew chapter 7 Ask, Jesus adds another layer to this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus adds another layer to this. Notice God calls us to change by faith. We need to ask God a question. Jesus said, he who asks, receives. God blesses us in conflict so that we might learn how to live with hope and we might learn to seek him in the storm. Amen? If you're in the storm and you're not seeking him, you'll sink like Peter did. As soon as you take your eyes off Jesus, you sink straight to the bottom. And then he increases us in growth that we might learn how to love and keep knocking, keep praying, keep persisting, keep loving. Now, the question you should be asking yourself is, how can I apply this right now? How can I apply this to my life? So we're talking about news you can use today. How do I apply this? And I just want to give you three quick steps in how we're applying this today out of Abraham's life, okay? Okay. Number one, ask God what he's calling you to change by faith. Don't ask God just to change other people. Don't ask God what your spouse needs to change. Don't ask God what your boss needs to change. Ask God what do you want me to change 
in my life by faith. Now, the reason I say this is because I want you to notice in Genesis, God spoke to Abraham this way. In verse 2 of Genesis chapter 12, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, his name was Abram. One of the changes that God called him to was to change his identity, to change his name from Abram to Abraham. He said, go from your country. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I want you to notice a couple of words here. Go from, and then it says your country, your people, and your father's house. And notice the preposition too. When God calls you, God calls you to go from to. God calls you to stop going from this way and start going this way. God says, I want you to stop going from this, change, and go to that. From, from that, from being that, to being this. So anytime God calls you, it's so you can go from something to something. Does that make sense? He loves you the way you are. Goodness gracious, what's not to love, right? You're wonderful. Everybody looks great this morning. Everybody's smiling. There's, there's nothing, you know, it's hard not to love you guys, right? So God loves you the way you are, but he does love you too much to let you stay that way. He wants you to meet your destiny. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become everything you can become. It's always from something to something. From selfishness to unselfishness. From unbelief to faith. Do you feel God's call this morning in your life? I hope you do. God calls people in services like this. He speaks to people in services like this. He's trying to speak to you in your storm. Are you listening? Goes on and says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. The Lord had said, go, Abram went. It requires obedience. Requires obedience. When God says go, we got to go. If he says stay, you got to stay. A lot of the troubles we get into in life are we're going when we should be staying, and we're staying when we should be going. We're all confused and mixed up. Why? Because we're not listening to the call of God. So Abram, as the Lord had told him, he went. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. How many 75-year-olds do you know that are willing to change this much? I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, honestly, as a question. One of the things that you have to remember is we all get older, but we don't all get better. I've met a lot of cranky 60- and 70-year-olds. Not this guy over here, of course. Pastor Tim is a man of, of love and goodwill. Speaking of the will. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. You know, we got to keep things going here. <laughs> and it says, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. So you need to ask God, God, 
what are you calling me to change in my life by faith? It will require faith. Some of you are givers financially to this church. You give financially, but you don't tithe. Tithing is the 10%. It's giving a tenth of all that God gives you and bringing it into the storehouse. Maybe what God's calling you to change is to go from giving, which is sort of normally what we, you know, whatever we think is appropriate or feel like when we get here to really that 10% that God teaches in Scripture. Maybe there's something else in your life he's wanting you to change. But you're going to require faith. It will require faith of you, and that's why you grow. Number two, seek God's hope and blessing in your conflict. Seek God's hope and blessing in your conflict. Now, I want you to notice this. God had told Abram, I've got a land for you, buddy. Have I got a, a future for you? He said, I want you to go get out of your country, away from all the, you know, the, um, the things that hold you down, and I want you to go to this land that I'm going to show you. So the Bible says he went to the land of Canaan, and he arrived there. He's in God's will. He's obeying God's command. Now notice what happens when he's in the middle of God's will. Verse 12, uh, 10 says, now there was a famine in the land. What? I thought you had this great future for me, Lord. You're sending me to Canaan, the, this promised land. You're telling me all about this. Uh, you're, you know, you're selling this like it's going to be great, God. And then I get here, and now I'm hungry. I go from plenty to scarcity. God, what are you doing to me? The Bible says, now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. That was Abra Abraham's conflict, that conflict in his life. That was the conflict. It was famine. It was not having enough. Has God ever allowed you to experience that conflict called not having enough? Some people call it a crisis. You ever been in a crisis where you didn't have enough? Maybe it was patience. Maybe it was love. Maybe it was money. Maybe it was time. Maybe it was energy. <laughs> you know, you just didn't have enough and you felt frustrated. But God allows us to be in these situations. And I want you to know this morning that just because you're in a storm doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. God sometimes allows us to get in the middle of a storm so that we can have conflict. Why is this important? Because the only way that you grow in a conflict, what makes conflict so difficult? It's tension. There's tension. One person wants something, and another person wants something else, and they're not meeting. One person has promised this, and another person has promised this, and, and the two are not, not coming together. There's conflict. Um, you want to live right, but oh, it feels so good to be bad. Conflict. And so God allows conflict in your life. Why? It's the only way we ever grow. And God is dead serious about you growing. I hope you know that. He will not spare you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. Let me say that again. He will not spare you from anything 
that will make you more like his son Jesus. That's the goal of Christianity. We do not preach a prosperity gospel here at Crossroads. Come to Jesus and he'll give you a Lexus. I know some people who do preach that, but that's not biblical. God may be blessing you not with abundance, not with a windfall of money, not with a new house, a new car. God may be blessing you with conflict. Sometimes, you know, when we pray to God, we say, Lord, it's called the be with, bless me prayer. Lord, be with so-and-so and bless them. You ever say that? Lord, be with so-and-so and bless them. What are we really saying? Sometimes a problem is a blessing in disguise. Are you asking God, God, give them more problems? We probably aren't asking that, but sometimes conflict and problems are a blessing in disguise. It's the only way you ever grow. Think about it. How many of you like to go out on the boat and out on the water? Some of you do. Ken does. Ken and Doris, they love to do that. They haven't invited me yet, but one of these days. <laughs> one of these days, right? And, uh, but it, and it's, it's, it's true about water that when you're in a boat, what is the one thing that keeps the boat from going faster? The waves, the water, they get in the way. But what is the one thing that holds the boat up? <laughs> water. Without the water, there would be no sailing. Without, without the waves, there would be no, no obstacle in your way. Problems, conflicts give meaning to life. It's just like flying a plane. The only thing that gets in the way of the plane is the turbulence in the air. But without the air, the, fl the plane can't fly. It's the same way in our Christian life. Without conflict, we don't grow. Now, some of you are looking at me like, I hate this message. And some of you are, are, are listening. Um, I did not come to make you feel good this morning. We're not at happy camp. I'm not a camp counselor. I'm a leader. And leaders have difficult conversations with people. Sometimes because they love them. <laughs> I was talking to my son yesterday. He said, why did you have to talk to me about this? It was something I was talking to him. I said, because I love you. And that's part of what it means to lead you. Is to prompt you to grow spiritually. It's tough. God allowed a famine in his life. What's your famine? What's your conflict right now? What is the conflict? By the way, I just want you to know I do love you very much. And that's why God is leading me to say this to you this morning. I don't want you to get down in your conflict. I don't want you to give up in your conflict. I don't want you to quit in your conflict. If I can, I'd like to scare the quit out of you today. Would help me to do that. There's a blessing in the pressing Some of you are being squeezed by life right now. Life is, it's eating your lunch. It's eating my lunch. I just want you to know, as one of my friends likes to say, there's a blessing in the pressing. Whatever that pressing is in your life, there's a blessing there for you. 
in your conflict. Number three, you have to knock, knock, knock on heaven's door to increase your growth. I want you to notice this. Verse 13, so Abram, after this famine, it says Abram went up. If I could spiritualize the text for a second, we always start to go up whenever we're obeying God. We always go up. This is the moment when things started looking up for Abraham. Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. You remember Lot, that was his nephew. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. What I'm saying to you this morning, I'm not saying to you that God is going to bless you with livestock and wealth and silver and gold. What I'm saying to you is what we're talking about today is it's all about becoming. Who are you becoming? Notice what it says in verse 2. Abraham had become. Abraham had become. Through change and through conflict, Abram had grown. Abram grew. He became something different than he was. Now, Obviously, I'm, um, I am very far from where God wants me to be, but I thank God I'm not what I used to be. So there's a little bit of balance and grace there. I hope you feel that balance. I hope that next year I'm not the same person that I am this morning. By the way, when I say things like I did a minute ago, scare the quit out of you, it's not because I want to offend you. It's because I want to get your attention. I want you to think about this. Some of you are more concerned that I might have said a cuss word than you are about listening and obeying to the voice of God. Don't do that. Let the Lord speak to you. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar there, Abram, called on the name of the Lord. There's a verse in Isaiah that says this. God says, I call a bird of prey from the east, a man for my purpose from a far country. God says, I call people. What is God calling you to this morning? What is God asking you to change? God, one of the hardest things I do as a leader, a pastor, and a servant is let God change me. It's hard. Very difficult. The older I get, the less I like change. How about you? It's tough. Change is hard. But God calls us to change. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. What do you mean make me? I'm going to turn you into something. Follow me and I'll turn you into something, a fisher of men. Follow me and I will change you. That's what Jesus commands. That's what he promises. This morning, if you're in a conflict, if you're in a storm, and you feel like you've lost hope, I want to encourage you this morning. There's a blessing there for you. There's a blessing there for you. Don't miss it. Ask the Lord to open your eyes to the blessing. That is there for you. The conflict is not there to frustrate you. The conflict is there to grow you. 
That's why God allows it. God doesn't cause conflicts all the time. God doesn't cause all conflicts. He doesn't cause all problems, but he certainly uses them in our life, in my life, in yours. Let's pray this morning.